The title of today's message is, is called Shake It Off. And uh, before I go any further, I want to just share a very painful, <laughs> very transparent story with you guys. When I was a senior in high school, uh, I was uh, competing for the last position at wide receiver. Now, I lost my position, um, but I was like, man, if I can just get my position back, I can get a football scholarship. My whole life will be in, in, in line where it should be. So I lined up. This was down to the third game, and we were actually behind by a touchdown. And we had marched our way all the way to the 10-yard line. And so for some particular reason, the coach looked at me, and he said, Sorrentino, that's my last name, get in the game. I lined up on the sideline. I looked over. I checked off the quarterback. I checked off the referee. I was super excited. My heart was beating out of my chest. I said, if I can make this touchdown, it's all going to be done. It's all going to be finished. I'll get my position back. Well, I'll turn the whole team around. This will be my year. So, yeah, just giving you perspective of what's about to happen. I line up. Ball's hiked. All I have to do is run a five-yard in route, and I'm right there in the end zone. So I'm going. Ball's hiked. I'm right on the inside. Come up. As I begin to turn, all of a sudden I hear something kind of whistling towards my ear. But I thought, no big deal. I'm not quite there yet. You know where this is going. All of a sudden something I feel pow right off the side of my helmet. The ball had hit me in the head. The quarterback checked me off before he even saw, and before I even knew it, the ball literally goes, and I didn't even pay attention, so I get this literal ricochet off the top of my head. I thought, oh, no problem. I can recover from this. No, the inside linebacker was pulling, and I didn't see him. Lays me out completely flat. Let's give a little visual right here. Something sort of like that right there. It's a great day. As I was laying there, face down in the dirt, realizing what had just happened in five seconds, I, I, I thought for a second, I'm like, man, this, how can dirt get in your mouth so quickly? How is grass? I'm, I'm finding dirt in places I didn't even know I had. And I'm sitting here going, what just happened? And I had one choice right then. I had to shake it off. And I stood up and I shook the dirt off and I did my walk of shame back to the sideline. And unfortunately, my season was over at that point. But I realized at that moment, I was never going to play again. I was never going to be able to turn the whole team around. I was never going to be able to do that thing. But I realized that God always has a bigger plan. That in your worst, lowest of your low, God still has a plan that you can't see yet. What was that plan? I said, I'll never be to play, but I can be a light on this football team. And so I began to do what was called FCA, if you're familiar with FCA. I began to do FCA right there on the team, and I began to minister to my fellow teammates. And I was able to lead one of these guys to the Lord, one of our star quarterbacks. He went on to play at Liberty. And from Liberty, he went on to come back to our school. And at our school, he began to coach and impact the world for Christ right there at our school. He's now the principal at our old high school. I got to come back years later and stand in my old high school and share the gospel on the stage, to share the gospel on the field where I literally lost it all. Because why? I shook it off. Shake it off today. Now I want to go ahead and give a little perspective on what I do now. I do Christian hip-hop. Now the irony of this whole thing was I didn't really rap in high school. I love hip-hop. I got saved, but I was like, nah, I, I got something else to do. Well, my senior year of high school, I ended up pole vaulting and break my nose. I know. Thanks for laughing at my pain, guys. Appreciate it. The pole did not go up my nose, but because of that incident and me being stuck at home for two weeks, I decided, you know what, I'm going to share my, work, my testimony in a thing called hip-hop music. And out of that worst situation of my athletic career began literally my Christian rap career. And so what I get to do now is travel the country and share the gospel through this amazing thing called hip-hop music. And so I have a brand new album that I just put out uh, a couple days ago, I'm sorry, a couple months ago, and one of the songs I wrote on there is called The Best Day Ever. Why did I write this song? I wrote this song because even in your worst day, 
in Christ is still your best day ever. That no matter what happens or what goes down with you, it is still the best day ever. Now, why do I say that? Because I wrote this song from a real story. I got up super early, spilled my coffee all over there on the front of my shirt. I'm sure that never happens to you. And as I was standing there, I just was like, man, it's the best day ever, sarcastically. And it was almost like God checked me. I was like, so let me go ahead and give you a perspective. Rather than performing the song, I'm going to go ahead and show you this music video. This is a little one-minute version of the song. You can go ahead and run that when you get a chance. Now I'm awake, got the coffee poured, but I'm running late, going out the door. But I'm on my way, heading out the door, when the coffee fell straight on the floor. <laughs> you ever felt this way before, when your face is sore and your brain is raw? And all you want to do is complain some more, because every highway lane feels like a war. It's a struggle to praise the Lord, but you're on a race and you're blazing forward. And your faith needs to grow some more, so when the road gets hard, just remain assured that this is the best day ever. Now, I'm not advocating stealing children's bicycles. Like, I just want to make that clear, okay? Sometimes you got to mess to make the best out of a bad situation. I got locked out of my car. I say in that video, I said, you know, on the chorus, it says, this is the best day ever. You are the best thing ever. It is all because of you, 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 you. Even in my worst situation, when I'm at my worst, Jesus is still at his best. That it is always the best day ever in Christ, But let's be honest, that's easy to say on a Sunday morning. That's easy when we talk about we can amen and high-five each other, but it's harder sometimes to live out. Amen? So let's give a little Bible perspective on this. You can go ahead and throw that verse up there. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. Now let's give that little perspective. Jars of clay. We can go down to a flea market. You can go down to Hobby Lobby. You can go down to these places. You say, oh, look at that jar. That's the cutest little jar. Pay like $200 for this jar. I don't know. That's what my wife does. I have no idea what, that, what she's doing there sometimes. But the point is, we look at jars of clay as like this exotic, cool thing. Why? Because it's not common to us. A jar of clay would be like something you might order. It might be a big deal for you to get. But the perspective of what Paul wrote to the Corinthians when he said this, he said, you have a treasure in a jar of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. I want to give you actually a better perspective. The jar of clay in that time was equivalent to a cardboard box. Why? The cardboard box to us today is very common. You get this from Amazon, you're like, rip your stuff out, throw the box away. The jar of clay was very easily broken. Let's look at a cardboard box for a second. How easily could I smash this box down? A jar of clay is very common. Now, why am I saying all this? Because let's put perspective on our lives for a second. How often do we feel easily broken? How often do we feel like we're just ordinary, common? How often do we feel like we have nothing to offer or that we're just some regular old person? But that's what God is basically saying. He's saying, look, you are a jar of clay. You are a cardboard box, but the treasure that is inside of you is so incredibly valuable, it's so incredibly amazing that God will take the most ordinary people and do extraordinary things with them. Why do I say that? In case you haven't figured it out, I'm a white guy, all right? I'm from Florida. I do Christian rap. There's a terrible idea, all right? 
A white guy from Florida doing Christian hip-hop music for a living, much less he's now into his 40s. This is probably one. No, one, no record label right now is going, we got to get that guy. That's what we're looking for. Find me that dude. No. Why? My whole life has been living out what it meant to be a jar of clay. My whole life has been living out what it meant to be an ordinary cardboard box. Jesus took 12 very ordinary people and turned the world upside down. It says right there, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Let's even think about what a box is like. It's flimsy. It's easily broken. How often do we feel broke down by the world? That when situations happen and circumstances happen, it breaks us down. It crushes us so easily. But you know what? It's not about you, and it's not about the container. It's about what's inside the container. No one gets excited when Amazon Prime shows up and goes, yes, cardboard box, let's do this. No, you get excited about what's inside of it. And when God sees you, he sees that incredible treasure that's inside of you. He sees somebody that can be used in a mighty, powerful way. But what do you have to do first? Shake it off. When I got plowed by that linebacker, I had two choices. Shake it off or stay there in the dirt. You've got the same choice to do today. Now, Again, I've kind of shared a little bit about myself, but let's take it one step further. Let's take a look at our amazing Savior that we follow. Go ahead and run that next verse right there. It says right here that he grew up like a tender shoot, like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or imagery to attract us to him. There was nothing in his appearance that we would desire him. Let's give a little perspective on who Jesus is, not the Hollywood version. Not the Christianized, Americanized version of Jesus. Let's give perspective on who Christ is. First of all, it says that he grew up like a tender shoot. A lot of times we stop and think and go, Jesus, Savior, Jesus of Nazareth. We get excited when we hear that story. But do we stop and realize that Nazareth was such a bad town that when it was found out that that's where he was from, his own disciples said, there's nothing good coming out of there. How does that apply to us today? Some of us have come from some bad situations. Some of us have come from some bad parts of town. Some of us have had some terrible starting points. Guess what? So did your Savior. His neighborhood was so bad that when they broke the news of where he was from, they didn't even believe he was from God. They said, no, there's no way. There's no way. Nothing good comes out of that town. Just to give you a little transparency about my life. I was born in Miami, but I grew up in a town called Ybor City, which is one of the worst parts of Tampa. I was the only white kid in the neighborhood. I don't mean this like some pity party. I'm just telling you, I just had a few strikes against me. It was the kind of neighborhood where you couldn't get a pizza after 6 o'clock. It was the kind of neighborhood where your front window gets shot in. It was the kind of neighborhood where you live in fear of what could happen that night. And a lot of times I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, there's nothing ever good going to come out of where I'm from. That's the same thing they said about my Jesus. Nazareth. What good can come out of Nazareth? You know what came out of there? A life-changing Savior came out of there. Now, they may write you off from where you're from or where you've been or what your situation is, but I'm telling you, God does amazing things with unamazing people. Now, when my uh, good friend, Pastor Alex, gave me that introduction, you're like, KJ52, like, what is that? Like a cable channel? Like, what? what? That sounds like a weird, like, frontage road. You won't take the KJ52 about 10 feet down there. You're going to turn off the left. It's a weird name, right? When I was 18, I picked that. Everything sounds like a great idea when you're 18. Let me, let me explain why I go by that. In John 6, 9, Jesus took five loaves and two fish. He took what one little boy gave him. 
He took it and he multiplied it. Now, a lot of times I felt like I had strikes against me. It was almost like the dirt of the world was being thrown on my shoulders. And I felt like, God, I don't know if you can use me. I don't, I don't know if I have what it takes. And then I read in that verse where Jesus took a 13-year-old boy's five loaves and two fish, and he broke it. And then he multiplied it. And I said, God, I don't have a lot to offer, but whatever I have, it's yours. Would you take me? Would you break me? Would you multiply through me so I can come here in Kansas City today on a Sunday morning? You let a rapper in the door. What are you thinking? Come on now. You know what? I'll tell you what you did. You gave me a platform. And for that, I will eternally be grateful for that. But the truth of the matter is, I said, Lord, take what I have. It's not much, but would you take it and would you break me? You're going through some stuff today. You're dealing with some issues today. I just want you to know that God might be breaking you right now. He might be breaking some things down in your life so that he can multiply through your life. But he got to start the breaking process. And I'll tell you, it's never fun. It's never exciting. It's never something that we look forward to. But listen, sometimes we got to shake that off and keep it moving. Let's move on to the second thing about who Jesus is. Let's stop and look at what they said about him. They went on to say that, (laughs) and you might not catch this unless you know the way that it's addressed in that context of Jewish life. But they said, Jesus, isn't that Mary's son? Now let's stop and think about that for a second. Why do they refer to him as Mary's son? In a Jewish culture, you always referred to the, to the son as the father's son. You would never refer to him as the, as the woman's son. That's disrespectful. Why did they do that? I'm just going to take a leap of faith. And I would believe that at that time, as Jesus grew up, as rumors got around, he was looked at it as an illegitimate child. Every time they called him Mary's son, it was like a reminder of saying, you don't have no daddy. That ain't really your dad. They were saying to him, you're an illegitimate kid. Now, we look at the story of Mary and how, how God used her, how she was a virgin. We look at that story and go, what an amazing story. We have perspective on it. But can you imagine at that time a 13-year-old Jewish girl kind of walks up and goes, hey, I'm kind of pregnant with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Is that cool? Is that all right? You all right with that? <laughs> you cool with that? No, of course not. Tiny little town. Anybody from small town? Small towns talk, right? Can you imagine being a small bad town on top of that? And you find out about this 13-year-old unwedded girl all of a sudden gets pregnant and she's claiming that the Holy Spirit did it. And when this boy is born, he supposedly had all this fanfare around him. I'm going to tell you what happened. He was dogged by that, I guarantee, all his life. When they said that's Mary's son, they were basically saying that illegitimate kid. It was a put-down. Some of us have had some bad family situations. Maybe we don't know our parents. Maybe we know our dad. We don't know our dad. We don't know our mom. We we just grew up in a bad environment that, that literally it dogs us to this day. God is saying, shake that off. He is saying, shake that off. Let's move on to one last thing that we may not notice about this verse right here. It says that when it describes Jesus, this is Isaiah seeing Christ hundreds of years before, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. There was nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. I would wager to say, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Jesus was not an attractive man. Now, I know that's not what we see in our Bible books. That's not what we see in Hollywood. We see this long flowing kind of hippie Jesus just hanging out, rocking some Birkenstocks, chilling with his homies, doing his thing thing. Nah, I'm sorry. The Bible says that there was no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Jesus was not good looking. I'm sorry, Hollywood. I'm sorry, Bible books. 
It literally says there was nothing of beauty or majesty to attract us him. Nothing in his appearance. And it's interesting that the Bible never really gives a, a, a physical description of Christ. It doesn't tell us what he looked like. It tells us what he didn't look like. And what he didn't look like was good looking. Nothing. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Why am I saying this? How often do we look in the mirror and our biggest critic is ourselves? What we see in that mirror, whether it's the way we look at ourselves physically or where we're at financially, all these different things, we use these things to put ourselves down. And it dogs us. We struggle with it. We feel like we have nothing to offer. And yet the reality is this, is that we have a treasure in jars of clay. We serve a Savior that came in a jar of clay. It's often very easy to forget about that. It's easy to forget about that he came as a child. I'm going to go ahead and put this mic down. Can you guys hear me if I talk loud? Okay. There's something very hip-hop about being and leaving your mark. And I love that. This is before I was a Christian. I love the fact that you could leave your mark. And I thought a lot of times about who Christ is and the incredible mark that he left on this world. So much so that today we literally divide our time between A.D. and B.C. because he left such a mark. Now, as I'm speaking, <laughs> I can hear the coughing out there. Yeah, It's offensive. And yet how often do we miss who Christ is? Because we don't see him. Our perspective is off. Our treasure in a jar of clay is just the same that he was. And the truth is, it never was nails that held him up to that cross. It was an incredible love for you and I. He was not held there because the nails kept him there. He was held there because he saw me. He saw you. As they hurled insults on him, as they told him, you're not the son of God, what was he doing? He was shaking it off every time. Now, I sprayed this real quick. I'm not saying this is what Jesus looked like by any means, but I am saying that a lot of times we can't see who he is because our perspective is upside down. And sometimes it takes us getting an idea of who he is, first and foremost, God says, shake it off. If you're here today and you're going through some stuff, if you're dealing with some issues, if you're struggling, if you're trying to make it, I'm here to tell you, shake it off. Now, the final thing I just want to tell you about, for those that don't know, I I grew up in an artist studio. My parents were artists. They actually met each other at art studio. They met each other at art college. Now, growing up with art parents, a little bit different. Called my mom by the first name. Called my dad by his first name. Some of you guys, if you today, you called your parents by the first name, you'd be like, slack, slack, slack. don't ever do that again. But I grew up in just a very different environment. Is this mic going? Is the battery dying on this? Kind of sounds like it might be. All right, either way, I'll just push through. Uh, what I wanted to basically say is that growing up in an artist's home, I had a different perspective on what art was. So while other kids were like getting in trouble for writing on the walls, my dad would be like, hey, when are you going to write on the wall? What's the deal here? What's going on? 
growing up in an artistic home, you know, it gives you a different perspective. Like I said, you know, my, my, my way of rebelling against my dad, I was like, Dad, someday I'm going to be a Republican and I'll show you. You can't make me draw that picture. I'm going to be a lawyer. You're like, that was my way of rebelling. You know, you kid, whatever you do, whatever you do, the kid wants to do the opposite too. But the one thing I did really love about being in a, um, an artistic home just was the power of a visual. The incredible power of a visual. And I always loved when my dad would hand me a canvas or a piece of blank paper. Because the thing about a blank canvas or a blank paper was that you could put anything on it. And I loved cartooning. I loved drawing. But the thing about a blank canvas was the idea that it was a fresh start, and I love that. I love the idea that my ideas and my thoughts could be put down into one little spot. And so I loved getting a brand new piece of paper. Why? Because it was a brand new start. Now let's imagine for one second, in the Garden of Eden, there was a brand new start. There was a blank canvas. There was perfect fellowship between man and God. The Bible says that in that perfect fellowship, God walked with man every single day. Can you imagine that? Walking with God, no sin in the way, a blank canvas. Sin had never gotten in the way. But then, just like usual, we tend to mess it up. And in my life, sin got in the way. Very often, sin would tell me, do whatever you want to do. And I found that the sin that was beginning to fill my life up was beginning to cloud that relationship that I could have had with God. I didn't know who Christ was. I did whatever I wanted to do. The Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of his glory. The Bible says that literally that sin has separated us from God. Well, let's give a perspective on what sin is. Picture, if you will, a target right there. If I shot for that target but missed, the Bible would define that as sinning. God gives us a perfect standard. That's his holiness, and we miss it. If we even think about Jesus for just one second, let's think about what they said about him as he stood on that cross, as he was becoming literally our our propitiation for sin, as he was becoming the sacrifice, what did they say to him? Come down. If you're really the son of God, come on down. If you're really who you say you are, come on down. And little by little, they began to throw dirt on him. Over and over, they would throw dirt on him. They said this Jesus... This king of the Jews, this so-called rabbi, he's done. And some of us feel like this today. We feel like situations and circumstances had told us that our life is over, that it's done, that there's no hope. I'm here to tell you, he is the hope to the hopeless. He is the peace to those that need peace. But so often the world throws the dirt on us and the world tells us over and over, it's over. I just want to be transparent with you guys for a second. Two years ago, I was done. I was toast. I had several faith-based organizations burn me for up to $50,000. I had a manager, unfortunately, that was taking money from me. I was a white guy doing Christian hip-hop that just crossed over to 40, and I was like, God, I'm done. Nobody wants this. I was literally throwing the dirt on my name. I was throwing the dirt on my life. I was telling myself that it was over. I was listening to what the enemy was telling me. And what I felt like was I was not going anywhere. But then I thought about him. I thought about as he hung on that cross. I thought about the things they threw on Jesus. I thought about even the fact that they threw him in the tomb. 
and they put dirt on the tomb. I'm here to tell you that if your life is over, or at least it feels like it, God is saying to you today, shake it off. He's saying, shake it off. Isn't it amazing to think that he made us out of the dust, out of the dirt? And then he says, shake that dirt off. Become what I've called you to be. I know that a lot of times that's hard to see. A lot of times we can't see him. A lot of times it makes no sense. But if we look closely, we can see him clearly for who he is. If we're willing to shake the dirt off, if we're willing to say, Jesus, come first in my life, if we're willing to say, Christ, will you be who you say you are? He will shake it off. He will take the dead things. He will literally speak to those dry bones and he will say, come out. He'll say, have life. He will say, I'm going to do an amazing thing with you that you've never seen before. Shake it off. Today, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're struggling in, I'm here to let you know that Jesus is bigger than anything you're facing. I want to do just one last song for you guys. It's a song I wrote to myself. (laughs) I know it sounds egotistical. But it's a song I wrote called Hold On. And I wrote this song with the idea that what if I had to tell myself something as a kid? What would I tell myself? If I had to sit down with myself and talk to myself, what would I tell myself? And so I wrote this song and I wrote the chorus with the idea of basically saying that, hold on, you got this. Don't throw it away. Make more memories than regrets. If nothing more, just live and learn. God says, I know the plans that I have for you are plans for hope and for a future. And so for this very last song I want to do for you guys, it's the song I wrote to myself, but it's also the song I'm writing you today. No matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're struggling in, hold on. He's got an amazing plan. Amen? Amen. You can go ahead and run that. Hold on. You got this. Don't throw it away. Learn to forgive, but don't forget. Even when it feels like the worst. You can just hold on. Got this, don't throw it away. Make more memories than regrets. If nothing else, just live and learn. You know what? What if I was talking to the younger me? Right around when I was three, running up and down the street. Not a thing I ever need, no shoes upon my feet. Sitting in the puddle causing trouble for my family. I would say, get ready, things are about to change. I would say, hold steady, even if you run away. I would say, oh, buddy, no one's what you're about to face. I would say, oh, buddy, hold for just all up on your case, watching it just slip away, feeling like it never changed. Now you feeling like you so deranged, staring out the window where nobody sees to know your pain. Help now is on its way, God knows what you face. Wipe all your tears away, let go of all the hate. It's all about the change, hold for a better day. Roll with the punches, you can hold for a better day. So hold on, you got this, don't throw it away. Learn to forgive, but don't forget. Even when it feels like the worst You can just hold on Got this, don't throw it away Make more memories than regrets If nothing else, just live and learn What if I was talking to the younger me? Right around 13, running up and down the street 13, so I'm striped like a bumblebee Running from the bullies in the hood They trying to come at me Punching up the wall in the hall Stumbling, shoved in a hall, then a fall down, stumbling, crawled to the wall, then a hauled out hustling.
hustling Head home where it's all fall down crumbling Wondering Is anyone loving me? Yes, there is, just for them kids feeling ugly. Zits on your face and your kick strikes struggling. Helps on its way, it's gonna change quite suddenly. Screaming at the top of your lungs while it's thundering. Words pound through your head, your anger's now bubbling. Ran out the door down the street to your cousin and found out everything you need. Jesus had it covered, man. Hold on, you got this, so don't throw it away. Learn to forgive, but don't forget. Even when it feels like the worst You can just hold on Got this, don't throw it away Make more memories than regrets If nothing else, just live and love What if I was talking to the younger me? Right around 23 Young MC, hungry, head full of dreams, got a heart full of ministry, head full of steam, I got some art for the industry, can't find a part just to start in my own space, I'm too white, I'm too broke, there's no talent, no name, that's what they said, I went my own way, messing with my head, I don't listen to what they gon' say, I need to be slow to speak, take time just to breathe, it keeps me in perfect peace. Enjoy all the mystery, learn to shut up, dude, learn how to listen, please. Cause through the darkest of your days, Jesus promises to stay. You gonna make it through okay, you know why? This is what he say. Hold on, you got this, so don't throw it away. Learn to forgive, but don't forget, even when it feels like the worst. You can just hold on, you got this. Don't throw it away Make more memories than regrets Nothing else, just live and learn Just hold on Got this, don't throw it away Make more memories than regrets Nothing else, just live and learn Make more memories than regrets Nothing else, just live and learn amazing to know that we can shake it off and he's right there even when we can't see him even when we can't see him he says shake it off whatever you're facing today shake it off shake it off embrace everything that he has for you God has an incredible plan for you guys shake it off hold on